up, everybody? Welcome back to the Football Card Comp Kings. As always, I am joined by my code-breaking Quest Shark co-host, Sean from Raven Invest. Hey, everyone. Sean, we've been talking yes. before the show that today we want to talk about comping, comparing the parameters around what drives us to buy early. And of course, we want to. We know that until the end of time, you're going to have to buy low to sell high. There's nothing secret about that. Uh, but what is kind of secret and a secret sauce that we work on and a formula that's built into the the Quest Shark that you're working on is pinpointing when to buy low, when to target a player. So we want to talk about the parameters today that meet our like that that meet our evaluation process that would drive us to say that's the guy that's the guy i want to buy low on right now well the definitely the the first thing that i look at and it's something that we're going to go over a little uh, over uh, later in this in this uh, show is uh, look at the salary cap situation and look who's going to get opportunities just by mm. other players leaving um that for daily fantasy, that's something that we're always we're always looking at. We're always looking for players that are replacing uh, other injured players, and their salary has not been changed to match their now um, uptick in opportunity. Right. So we we kind of want to apply that the same way to rookie cards with guys that are buried on the depth art. And I've heard you talk about it numerous times on, uh, in your videos, you know, I'm all right with holding this guy. He's, he's, you know, he's a good athlete. He's just buried on the depth art behind other people. And those, those are where I start. So I'll look at like, you know, uh, third, fourth wide receivers, uh, you know, third, third running backs that are been drafted in the last couple of years. I'll, I'll start to research their athletic profile um, their college stats, all the stuff that we go over in, in the videos and in the tool. And we'll start to look at that and it, you know, get to the point where it's just a matter of this player getting an opportunity to play, getting some reps, getting some coaching, getting an opportunity to play. Everything's in place. He just needs that opportunity. And that's, that's one key thing because that's an opportunity. People are not going to be in demand for fourth and fifth string wide receivers or third, uh, you know, string running backs, right? Those are, people aren't going to, going to want, they're going to be looking to dump them. They're going to be, um, you know, they're fillers for some people, you know, that, you know, those, these are the guys that get sent in when you buy one card and they send four or five as fillers in the shipping, you know? Um, but if you do your homework, you do your analysis, you know what you're looking at, you can pick these guys out and make money off them because you know they're good athletes they have um athletic profiles they're just lacking opportunity so that's, Those are that's some guys you want to have a nice little stack of sitting sitting exactly. uh, back there in your office for that that right time and i know like this week uh we know he's not good but like i talked extensively about him yesterday with carter and that's jake Fromm. but that's kind of a different scenario right with quarterbacks yes. i feel like you have a lot more leeway you have a lot more leniency when it comes to a quarterback just because he's a quarterback and that's what drives the hobby well and yeah i definitely i definitely think but you could you can still uh, get that kind of little bit uh with uh the skill position players like you know the example we had a couple of weeks ago was uh Giannis johnson there right like you can get that that 
that short-term push from guys, but he's not a guy that you want to do uh, invest in for a long-term or invest in mm. a lot of quantity, right? Like for me, for me, it's a quantity over over bigger ticket cards. So for me, I maybe buy one like with you know Mike White. I knew he's not going to be a long-term quarterback. He's not going to be a franchise quarterback. He's at worst, he's going to be a stopgap for somebody. But I bought, you know, three or four of his cards and I and I flipped a couple of them when he when he started to play. I didn't I didn't, you know, the same um intensity or bullishness I do some of my other players that I'm investing in that I know are good athletes that I know are going to have good careers. They just need, you know, the time or they need to be on the right, like, you know, like a guy like Denzel Mims, like a lot of people are down on him. And, you know, I still think he can be a good player. He just needs to play for the right team in the right system. And he was drafted into a team that doesn't fit his skill set, and it shows. And the coaches aren't going to be able to develop him because they don't have the, the they don't have that skill set to be able to develop that type of player. So if he goes to the right team, he he could be you know, but there there's a risk with that's the thing is there's a the risk with these players because if he doesn't go to a two team and he you know loses confidence and you know he could be out in the league in two years or he could be uh you know a quality two receiver on a, on a team or a deep threat, you know I, I like those. Um, um, the guys that are good for like the, the giant prize pool, um, you know, the guys that are home run hitters, you know, the guys that may have two catches, but they're for 120 yards and two touchdowns, you know, they don't perform every week, but they, they have peaks and valleys, right? Uh, those guys, I, I take a little bit of a look at because they're not necessarily a long, a long-term kind of thing where I would, you know, but from a week to week basis, if you're, you know, if you're looking at a skill position, you might be want to look at, you know, um, deep threat guys that are in prime time, you know, things like that. If you're you're looking, but the guy, the, the guys that we're mostly talking about are probably going to be next year guys, or, you know, in my case, you know, with say like Kyle Trask will be two years, where I, I will have to wait two years to see the profits that I'm expecting to, uh, to get from him until he starts playing, you know, and. Yeah. Once he starts playing, if he plays, depending on how well he plays, which I think he will play well, that'll drive the price even more of it. Because for the next two years, he's going to be tossed around. He's going to be the Jake Fromm. He's going to be the Eason. You know what I mean? Nobody's going to care about him. You know, there may be a handful of people out there that that uh, you know agree with with me on it and. Um, you know, think he's going to be a good quarterback. And, you know, maybe there's people out there that save every card and hoping that everyone hits, you know, but that that's not financially feasible for everybody to buy every card and just hope one of them hits kind of thing, you know. But, um, you know, I, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of, you know, he's going to end up in the, the the base pile that's given away to kids, clubs and, you know, and, and fillers that are sent in eBay stuff and, you know, um, people are going to think of them that way. They're going to just the way they think of like guys like Jake Fromm and, and, and Easton stick and those guys. So I think, yeah, it's almost like, you know, I want to ask you because when I look at my collection, I think of it as a portfolio. Um, you know, my, my collection of investment <clears throat> cards, I look at it as a portfolio and I have a blend. I have a blend of cards that 
I'm buying that I'm looking to flip immediately like this playoffs. Um, like mm -hmm. I bought a Dak Prescott that was super undervalued optic purple, uh, pink prism SGC. I think it was a mm -hmm. 9.5 for like under a hundred bucks. It was super undervalued. And I plan to absolutely, as soon as I get that to immediately list it by now, sell it in, in January playoff timeframe. So I've got a blend of cards like that. And then I'm also buying guys uh, like yourself, I want to get in on some Kyle Trask. A guy in college had an incredible QBR yards per attempt. Looks really proficient, um, and he went to a big school at the Gators. So um, I can definitely get on that train. Would you say what what percentage of your investment portfolio would you say is geared towards these long term year two year potentially out flips versus um, immediate flips? I would say it's it's growing more uh, by the day, um, just because in the beginning I was trying to build up some inventory, some um, stuff to be able to sell and you know and buy more cars to you know um, because if you buy everything to hold and don't sell everything, you can't you know you just keep putting money in. And I couldn't. I got to a point where I couldn't do that anymore. Um, so I was just buying stuff specifically to sell whenever I bought it. Like something I I bought went right for sale right away, and it's uh, I mean it's easier for me on on Comp C to do that than it would be for somebody on uh, eBay. You know I can list fifty cards in ten minutes. You know and I bet it doesn't take you to you know ten minutes to list fifty cards on eBay, right? Like it, so it, it is a little bit easier to uh, to to do on my end with being on Comp C. But once I started to build that inventory up, and I had uh, I could you know have some sales to uh continue to to buy more cards and, and and not have to just put my own money in then now i started to look okay now i can buy some stuff where you know i can buy a, a 10 uh Keyshawn vaughn uh prisms for two bucks total like you know for 10 of them and sit on them for a couple of years and it's not gonna you know and i i know a lot of people listening think oh it's two bucks you know i spend the coffee on that but i'm i'm super strict on my budget and I have to be that way because it can get out of control. You know, you see all of the, the meme James, you know, oh, we were saving up for a house, honey. Look for look at this card I bought instead. You know, <laughs> like things can quickly get out. And I enjoy cards and I love cards and I wish I could buy every card that I've ever seen that I wanted. I just have to be realistic and I know I can't. So I push myself to to you know to find these these deals and to make profit on them so that I can, can buy the cards that I want to buy for myself and continue to still buy cards to resell. So I can keep the process just flipping over and over and over again. And yeah, stick to that entertainment budget. So you're not, yeah. you're not forced to grind out the market inefficiencies and make those, mm -hmm. make those short-term flips. Where, whereas that's where I find the best short-term flips. It's already guys that are trending up or are in pretty elite positions but for whatever reason, on that weekly basis, the seller's got an auction ending uh, in the middle of the week, you know, during the day, mm -hmm. and somebody's just sleeping on the card, like I found with the Dak Prescott, or I found with some some other guy. I've actually been watching ever since you showed me all that money you made on those Micah Parsons uh, Press Proof Blue rated rookies. Mm -hmm. I've been looking for those cards on eBay, and I found a couple uh, that I felt were at good price point because I, I knew in the back of my mind, Sean flipped one of his for $30, no problem. Mm -hmm. 
this guy is potentially defensive player of the year, not only yeah. defensive rookie of the year, or potentially rookie of the year, <laughs> defensive player of the year. And that's how good he is. And the Dallas Cowboys are going to the playoffs, biggest market team. Um, so all those things, I'm like, okay, uh, Prism, uh, um, Mosaic is just now coming out. It's going to take a little bit of time to get circulated. Mm -hmm. Prism's not coming out to the end of January. No release dates yet for uh, mm -hmm. Optic Select. Uh, the Contenders rookie ticket is, is not coming out till February, uh, late February. So I'm like, dude, if I can get more of these for around $15, 15 to $20, then I think I could turn around and sell them for 30 to 40 and it's kind of a of a grind doing that, but that's almost a hundred percent markup, and mm -hmm. I feel like that's a market inefficiency that somebody could take advantage of. Well, and it definitely is too, and and like that was my debate. I I had the one listed like there, I have to balance between what I save for bigger profits and what I can you know take smaller profits now. Like it's a constant balance. So I had two of the cards and I listed one. And as soon as he had that big game the other week, I mean, he's been having a lot of big games. He's just hasn't been picked up on. And he had that big game last week and, or the week before, I guess it was. And it might, it sold quick. And then the one right behind it, there was only two. I, there was three on the site and I had two of them. And the other guy had one in the $20 range. So I sold the, my first one for like 10 bucks or something like that. So I, I almost tripled my money on it. And I wasn't going to sell the second one because I knew if I waited till he wins defensive player of the year, I could probably get more money. By the time he wins that award, I'm going to be better situated on eBay. And I bet I could sell it for way more on eBay than I could if I listed it on Calm C. And then I waited two minutes and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to list it for 25 bucks. If somebody wants to take it, they can take it. If not, it'll sit there until he wins defensive player of the year and I can do what I want with it. Well, literally within a couple of minutes of listing at a 25 bucks, it sold. The crazy thing about it, and I know you're going to do an upcoming video on this, not two days later, three day, two days later after I sold that $25 card, I got two of them on Starstock. And now there are Starstock Bs, but I, I they're... To me, it's from everything that I've seen, Starstock Bees are, are just as similar as raw cards on eBay. You know, mm -hmm. it's you know, it's not going to be a perfect. If you want a perfect card, get it graded. You know, look at look at the stuff. You you know, raws raw raws as is kind of thing, right? That's the way I look at it. I, I picked up two of them for two dollars each. Starstock Bees. Somebody accepted my offer for two dollars each. So now I wow. now I'm back in the game where I now have two of them that I can flip uh, during the playoffs. Or, or, or during the uh, the time when he's going to win the award now. So, you know, if I would have held out and said, no, I'm just going to not sell that one, I would have probably missed out on some profit that, you know, bought me 40 or 50 other cards to resell. And now, but, but now I'm back in the same boat where I have the two press blue blues that I think will do well when he, just after he wins that award, and I can put them up on eBay. So we know we we know you're not going to flip those on Star Stock. There's not a whole lot no. of that going on anymore. But uh, are you having that sent directly to Com C from Starstock? Uh, actually, what I'll probably do is if I'm going to do that on um, eBay, I'll have it sent right to ship my cards. And okay. Then they'll, they'll do all the pictures for it, and uh, I'll list it on in my eBay. The, pro the, the thing I'm nervous about, though, and I, I might have to look into maybe it might be a better solution for like an actual consignment service um, is – 
you know what? Maybe it's not going to. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to. I have to look into it. I was. I was thinking about something, and then it, it clicked in. Well, maybe it, it wouldn't work out. Just with the. I don't. I don't know how they work with the low dollar, the low dollar cards and stuff like that there. But um, it, a consignment might might cut down a little bit on my costs. Um, depending, I don't know. I have to look at it. But um, yeah, it goes directly right to ship my cards, and and. Uh, and I think too, I'm going to start sending my cards that I purchased from eBay to Starstock. And you might think, "Wow, what's what's that?" You know, um, but anything that I'm considering that might be gradable, I can get Starstock to just do a cheap 25 cent review of it, and it's cheaper than ComC to load stuff on, especially if it's something I'm planning on reselling on eBay. Right, because I I gotta negotiate these fees because all this stuff is killing me. Like we've been doing the razes on, on the channel there, and I broke it down for everybody. Like you know, a four dollar raz ends up being fifteen dollars or fourteen dollars for me because of all the fees and stuff I have to pay. You know what I mean? So, um, the 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 more I can navigate around it, and the more I can cut those fees out, the better chance I have of making money. And the problem on top of that is that. Because I'm dealing with the low-end cards, they don't absorb that shipping and fees and stuff like that, as well as a, a higher-end card. Would, you know, like a, It's easier to absorb $10, $15 in fees on a $500 card than it is to on a dollar card, right? You know, or $2 card. That's why you know, I have to get them in the lots. But anyway. Yeah, so go, going back to our, our strategy of, of getting in early on a guy like that, you were you know, looking at his athletic profile and uh, obviously a resource shout out to Roto Underworld and playerprofiler.com because that is arguably my favorite resource to go and do like player research and look at what their stats were in college. It's got the, mm -hmm. the, the film study of the player right there on the page and it shows the, their ratings and the different metrics from how they did in college. Um, or you could some of the same guys at Roto Underworld developed a, like a breakout finder app that you can go and look at uh, the level of competition they had on on their team in college and uh, mm -hmm. who they played with, you know, different advanced metrics like that. Um, and so that's definitely a big factor of it. But then something you alluded to earlier, Sean, was uh, the contract that they're on and when they're likely to move to a new team. Uh, so I want you to talk a little bit about what you're seeing, because I know you study salary caps a lot for these teams. You study, you know, what they're going to have available in 2022. And right now, you know, we're still in a buy low period, especially for guys that just have not had a good year uh, mm -hmm. for one reason or another. And there's 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 going to be a lot of moves in the upcoming offseason, whether it's through the draft, whether it's through trades, free agency. There's going to be a lot of moves that are going to impact the level of hype and the level of expectation mm -hmm. there's going to be for certain players going into the 2022 season. So I want you to talk about that for a little bit, Sean. Okay. Well, I, I uh, we had planned to do that kind of breakdown for um, as many teams as we could, kind of thing, because I think it's a it's a great way to pro pro to project it, right? You, you're trying to find that player that's not getting opportunity. Well, you got to figure out when is he going to get his opportunity? Is it going to be uh, on a different team? Is it going to be because players leave this team? So one of that big thing is is being able to, to use the salary cap and, and 
um, understand what guys are going to be in free agency. Now, again, I, I'm not going to proclaim to be a, I'm not an NFL GM. I can't exactly predict what these teams are going to do, but we can make some educated guesses on whether the, the player is going to benefit from leaving or staying. And then we can look at maybe possibilities of, of where they might go. You know, um, again, it's a long shot because we're not NFL insiders. We don't have the ears of GMs. I'm not Ian Rappaport. You know, uh, I don't have that level active, but I've been following the game for long. I, I see what teams do. I understand how it's it's a business and, and they, they need, te- you know, players to produce and, and things like that. So we could take all that information, take at their – their what their situation is and derive okay this player is gonna probably leave and probably gonna you know stick with a team that's you know as players get older their their championship increases their the desire to be a champion increases as their career comes to a close so uh, maybe an older guy will look to go to a contender um you know like a guy um, say like, for example, and he's going to be one of the teams that I'll bring up in a minute, like AJ green. Mm. Uh, he's a free agent. He's, he's not that old, but he's, he's in getting to that elder statesman wide receiver kind of age. Um, and I don't think Arizona is going to resign him. I, I, I really don't. I think, uh, they have Rondell Moore, they have Christian Kirk, and they still have Andy Isabella on on the um on the roster i think they'd be more served uh uh putting some energy into a tight end um i know zach Ertz is there now but they can you know there's there's a lot of athletic tight ends out there that that can be drafted and and you know put in into place so <clears throat> i think i look at a guy like aj green he's going to be a guy that's going to go to a contender um Maybe not the top contender, but he's going to go to uh, a team. And they, I mean, he's leaving Arizona, which is obviously contender. But if a team doesn't necessarily want to pick up a contract, no matter how much you want to play for them, it doesn't really matter. So then we maybe take a look at, well, what's his impact going to be on a few teams if he goes? Things like that. I'll, I'll, I'll run through things like that, play scenarios in my head. Well, if he goes to this team, does that... Uh, you know, does that mean that this guy's going to leave, you know, this guy's going to leave to another team or, you know, things like that. And I just kind of go around and try and try and look at the different situations with the caps and um, try and figure out what they're going to do. And when you can have an idea of what possibly you're going to do, then you can, you know, plan your players and, and buy players that um, you think are now going to fill that opportunity, <coughs> excuse me, or, um, you can look at the guys that are um, currently on the roster and see what what's going to benefit them. You know, like probably the skill position player is going to get the most benefit from a quarterback coming rather than another um, the other way around. Like a a, a quarterback's not necessarily going to um, or wide receiver. Yes, sorry, I got that mixed up there. So a wide receiver is not going to get as much hype going to a new team. Um, as a quarterback would, um, just because I think the quarterback, obviously we've established the quarterbacks, the, the most important on the team and the hobby. They're the, you know, the leaders of the team kind of thing. So they're not going to generate as much hype, but I think that 
they can generate some hype if you can obviously get in on the card at the right time and the right price and you can be resell it with that hype but it's you know it's not going to generate a wide receiver like aj green going to say i don't know um the rams or something like that because they seem to be collecting old receivers but um if he goes there i don't think that drives up his price as much as um say a quarterback would be going to a new team kind of thing like you're not going to see that uh see that kind of uh, movement there but you can you can plan and you can now say okay he's gonna he's gonna get a little bit of hype say going to a new team um is he gonna play better is is you know is he gonna see more time is he gonna see more targets is he gonna see better more opportunity things like that there's a lot of stuff when when you're prospecting because you're you're making a lot of assumptions you gotta you gotta cross uh, all your t's and dot all your i's you gotta make sure you're going through all the information because you're make, trying to make an educated guess and by you have to have all the information in front of you to make that educated guess, right? So um, I don't know if you want to just jump right in. And I, as I, I said, I got a couple of teams prepared here. Awesome, man. Yeah, I want to I want to hear a couple teams from you, man. Uh, what kind of what you're thinking, what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, let's kind of compare them to what uh, to what I know and understand from like my angle of the card market. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the first the first team I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna uh, pop up here is the Arizona Cardinals, and I, I, as I said, I, I just talked about uh, to AJ Green um, and kind of a, a, as a veteran wide receiver, um, him leaving the team. Um, so if we look at their their current their current situation, they have uh, as of next year they currently have 37 players um, signed. So that leaves them now, uh, I believe, uh, 14 players that they need to sign next year um, to new to to fill out their roster with only 20 million dollars left in cap. So my my idea with this is they're going to have to take an approach where they're going to have to get as much value for their money as they can. And if you look at any of their uh, wide receiver uh, free agents most likely that's the easiest way for them to evaluate a player is, is somebody that's played in their organization. So the first couple of guys I kind of look on this list would be James Connor, who is having a fantastic year, who is having a above expectation year. I don't think there's anybody um, that expected him to play as well as he has. Now he's not necessarily um lighting up the league in every stat but he's scoring touchdowns and he's and he's you know um an uh, important piece of the arizona cardinals uh backfield so if we switch over and look kind of at uh the depth we have here let me move my uh squash out of the way there so if we look at the depth here so uh in the running position uh, they have Chase Edmond, Ed, Edmonds listed as the number one. I still don't think he would be the number one. I think Connors, um, right now, I, my opinion anyway, yeah. maybe maybe different, but I believe he's the number one. Anyway, it doesn't one and two doesn't really matter on the depth chart. It's the you know the the outcome. So, uh, in fact, actually, I didn't have him on the list there, but uh, Chase es- Chase es- Edmonds is a uh, free agent as well. Mm. Um, so I think. 
my my opinion is that James Conner is going to be the because I mean they got Eno Benjamin and I don't even know if how much he's playing. I haven't even looked into him. And these two guys again are you know um, camp backs or you know almost practice squad backs right now. So I don't usually like to go that deep. I like to get somebody that's on the roster currently. Just you know normally I'd kind of look. Uh, you know, for say a wide receiver, this is kind of like that area that we're looking in. Not this the the superstars or the bigger guys, but the guys that haven't necessarily. And I mean, these this end is starting to get a little bit, you know, not as uh, speculation as it used to be. Anyway, so we look at a guy like Connor, and he, more than likely he's giving them good value right now, and I, I expect that his salary won't be outrageous. Um, maybe it will be, I don't know. Maybe his, his, his agent's really good and he's able to, uh, but I think they'll be able to get him back in a fairly decent team friendly number, um, which will, and then he'll now spearhead the, the Cardinals um, organization from the running back position. And they can also uh, maybe draft another guy on the cheap kind of thing to fill in into the back, which I think means that yeah. Chase Edmonds is the guy. He's not an all purpose back. He's, even though I think he like it says all purpose back, but I don't I'm not sure if that means that he can just do everything well. But to me, he's like a receiver. He's like a running back receiver. He's that type of player. He's that little kind of yeah. scat back kind of guy. Um, and yeah, I can I even think, see. Yeah, Go I ahead, think uh, Eno Benjamin is the same way. They're both smaller, yeah. more explosive, faster running backs. They they took a ton of of target share in college, a ton of receiving yards. Um, and that's where they've done most of their damage, but they don't, I think, have the physicality, the size mm -hmm. to be, um, you know. And surprisingly, they don't, they don't have a very big height adjusted speed score. Let's yeah. put it that way. I mean, Eno Benjamin's 5'9, you know, 200 pounds. And if you would look at Arizona and you would think about it, that you actually think that they were probably like in that 60-40 pass rush range. Like I don't watch every Arizona Cardinals game, but I know they're a pass-first offense. But if you look at their breakdown, it's not as much as you would think that it would be. Like there's other teams that are higher, like a 54 to 45 kind of ratio. That's not as much. So they still entertain using the running back, and it's still part of their, their game. But I don't foresee them going out to break the bank, and I think they can get James Conner on a good deal and get good production of him. So I've I've kind of started to to kind of look at him a little bit, um, and you know we can pop over to Com C and we can look like his base Donruss is in the fifty five cents and his base optics at ninety five cents, um, you know is dollar fifty range for his uh, his premier level. And that's even after, you know, still having a, a pretty, you know, a pretty decent year this year. Yeah, I bought a nice James Conner actually uh, December 15th. So we're talking uh, just over a week ago and I, I got a rookie ticket auto. You know, I love those rookie ticket autos, Sean. It's on card yeah. auto. It's got the big JC on it. It's beautiful, man. Steelers logos. I got that sucker for $21. And it's a pretty rare card, 2017. See, there's a... So you compare that to Pete, like, look at 2017 Cooper Cup rookie ticket autos. And now yeah. a different position, a little bit more volatility, mm -hmm. a little bit higher ceiling. 
in you know in terms of demand you could see but james connor's got a lot of popularity off the field he plays with a ton of energy passion strength speed agility he is all purpose and those cards for other 2017 rookie i mean uh, of course christian mccaffrey is going to be super high uh cooper cup's going to be super high chris godwin though he just went down with the injury before that mm -hmm. i would say his because because he was like in that top 10 like on the fringe for his position um and his rookie ticket autos were going for around 60 to 70 dollars mm -hmm. And I think James Conner should at least be around that. Um, so looking at a well, you could look at, uh, compare it to uh, Leonard Fournette or uh, Joe Mixon or mm -hmm. Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones. Those are yeah. all 2017 running backs. And he's and definitely those, below that. Yeah. 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 And all of those guys, rookie ticket autos are at least 60 to $70. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely and and again on my end, I I, I again I don't I, I'm not I don't usually look at the cards that I can't per, you know I'm not into purchasing so I don't know. I only know from watching your videos and watching your comps that that rookie ticket auto is good because I'm not in the rookie ticket auto market, but I can look at a base Donruss, I can look at a base Prism, I can look at a base Optic, and I can look at a base Select, and I can tell you what the value is of that. If that's a good or low value, if that's who's that comparable to it's, I just got to know the, the market that I'm in and I know it very well to that, you know? So that's why I rely on you for the big, the bigger stuff, because I don't know it as well because it's not what I'm buying. I want to concentrate and know what I'm buying, you know, get, get into that, um, you know, frame of mind where I don't want to know, that you know a, a PSA 10 of this card is worth $500 I don't, I'm never going to buy it so what does it you know so yeah. <laughs> that's why I think we make a you know having the the different budgets and showing the, the people the different areas of you know some people are the are the rookie ticket auto people and some people are the you know the base with some color kind of low range stuff right so I think that that gives us a kind of a a dual look at it in, in a way kind of thing, you know? Absolutely, man. I see, you know, I see sold transactions uh, on our major platforms here. We're talking eBay and Com C mm -hmm. at this point uh, every day, every day for the different tiers of rookie cards. You yeah. know, if you just type in like one of the things I love to do to gauge holistic demand for a player is to type in their, their rookie year and their mm -hmm. name. Uh, so I, in this case, I would just do 2017 James Conner, go to sold items mm -hmm. and just scroll down, see what you see, man. See what you yeah. see. Now we're, uh, we're planning on that. Once, once we, uh, once we launch the quest shark, that's something that we want to incorporate, maybe not into the detail of looking at every sale, but just looking at the amount of sales, um, categorizing them, uh, you know, buy it nows versus auctions and things like that. Um, once we get accepted into this eBay uh, partnership program thing, um, we can have all that access in built into the tool. So it can save you a ton of time and, you know, of having to go out and do it yourself. But there was one more player that I wanted to look at from Arizona that I, I know we've all been looking. He's all been, been all over the discord and stuff like that is, is Christian Kirk. Um, oh yeah! I, I again, I think AJ AJ Green's gonna, you know, um, they have a lot of uh, uh, 
decent options behind him. And I don't think at his uh, age that they, they can spare the reps. Basically they, you know, if they're giving him touches, they're taking away from somebody else. So they've got a couple of young, young receivers that I think they can, uh, you know, be able to develop. So that's why I, I went after Christian Kirk, um, just because he's in that great position where he's not, um, he's getting opportunities and that's only really because of injuries right now, but he's not, he wouldn't be getting the attention without the injuries because of Hopkins and, and green ahead of him. Right. And as we've seen in the beginning, nobody really cared about Christian Kirk at the beginning of the year. There wasn't a lot of hype on him there, you know, only a few people in the, you know, that study the analytics were, were all over him kind of thing, you know, but I mean, he, he, <laughs> yeah, he comps out on as Steph, uh, his best comparables is Stefan Diggs. So, you know, that's a good sign there. You look at all, all the, the stuff. You look at his uh, previous um, year. So he's on, um, he's actually received more targets in previous years than he has this year. But I think he's going to beat, um, he's going to, you know, cap, uh, beat his receptions this year. But I'm also not. This is not necessarily looking into for this year as well as I. I, talk, I mean, I talk about his stats this year, but this is a play for now because I think he's going to bump up, right? So once AJ Green slides out here, these two guys are going to pop up, you know, and then you know, obviously training camp's going to decide what kind of pecking order they're in. But uh, obviously, I think um, Christian Kirk has a, a great chance at being that number two option for um kyler um what kind of contract is deandre hopkins on uh he's got a few more years i believe hold on one second i can you're getting a sneak peek of the other guys i was looking at so <laughs> yeah, go to cardinals you can just click on his contract and it shows you I'm gonna I'm gonna share with you guys some of the sold items for Christian Kirk while he's looking at that. Uh because he still is in that real uh by yeah. low. Now this is college college ticket auto, cracked ice auto for twenty-five. Um some so but you can see there's a variety of variety of stuff. Score honors gold autograph for the Cardinals numbered out of thirty-five for fourteen dollars. Mm-hmm. Origins uh, rookie patch sold for three dollars on the twentieth. Uh, there is, you know, there's a variety of cards, man. But anytime I could see like a, a field level silver for three dollars and twenty five cents, I'm like, yeah, that's a nice buy low right there. Even even a non silver three bucks is not a horrible price for a, a 2018 select because they're only in hobby during those years, so they're even more scarce than the field level of current, you know, the current runs, right? Pretty dang rare. So, yeah, man. Those 2018 so, uh, field levels are pretty rare. So he's contracted uh, till t- he'll be t- uh, 2025. He'll be an un- uh, unrestricted free agent. Okay. So, so got he's got a few years left. Play. He's going to be the alpha. Uh, but certainly Christian Kirk, I'm, I'm looking for him to step a big, I mean, yeah. we know there's, even Rondale Moore, yeah. go boom. Yeah, well, you like that's what you like. You like those guys that are, you know, 
especially for quicker flips and, and within season flips, the guys that, that, you know, score the 60 yard long touchdowns, you know, those are the guys that get on the highlights. Those are the guys, the people that, you know, the long ball gets people excited. Right. And that's, you know, it's, it maybe not drive to the point where it pushes the card so much that you, you, you know, you're making 10 X on it, but you, if it pushes enough people to buy it, want to buy the card, it can, it can put a little bit of uh, an increase in the price there kind of thing, you know? And again, yeah, it all depends yeah. too what, what you're buying it at, right? Like you don't, if you're buying it crazy cheap, then you don't, you don't need to, to have an MVP season to make money on it. You just need to have a, a you know, a better expectation or, you know, get him in the limelight. You know, if they have a lot of primetime games, that could be a good indicator. You know, um, it's hard to kind of time that with the, the release of the schedule and buying your stuff ahead of time. But the one thing I will say about Christian <laughs> Kirk, because he is a 2018 rookie and this is his uh, third, fourth year in the league. Fourth year, uh, yeah. You know, we, we've seen we've seen a couple years under his belt, needless to say. And, you know, he had his best finish this past week, number five fantasy finish. Uh, so he played really well. And this game just this past week, even though the Cardinals lost to the Detroit Lions, that's not going to add a whole lot of hype to the value or, or add a whole lot of increase to the value of Christian Kirsch rookie cards. Now it is going to drive demand up a little bit, but not much, not enough to see like a significant difference for you to be able to then flip a $15 card for 30 bucks. We're going to need more out of him for sure. I mean, because he's already played a few years, we need, uh, we need him to string a couple more games together before we all of a sudden crown him as like this next breakout. Wouldn't you say Sean? Yeah, for, for sure. Absolutely. And that's the reason why you want to get in on his cards uh, when they're crazy cheap is because there's less risk involved. I mean, all these players have risk. You know, I mean, Pat Mahomes, the greatest quarterback that ever lived, apparently, to some people. He he could, you know, look look at the start of the year he had. You know, they've picked it up and they've played better. But, you know, if he had that type of year, you know, his cards are going to drop too. Like, you know, it, it happens with, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, as we said in the last, the last show we do, sometimes you can – um, you know, have everything on the table set for you. The player's got the athletic ability. He's got everything going for him. And he just, for whatever reason, something going on in his life outside of football, or he just doesn't understand it or doesn't have the passion for it. You know, there's only so many things that we can look at, you know, the player still has to get on the field and, and do the job. And if you do your job off the field, you're, as I said, we're going to get more right on the field than, than wrong, you know? But it doesn't mean it's perfect. It's not a perfect, uh, you know. And if it was, the you know we'd be sitting all sitting in mansions and wouldn't wouldn't need to buy you know <laughs> buy and sell <laughs> cards. We just buy cards, right? Anyway. So do we have time for one more? Do you uh, do you want to go into one of your teams there? Because I did have two prepared, um, but I can we can save that for now because we're we're uh, running on that close to that hour there, and I I seem to always hog all the talking on the show <laughs> no I'm a, I'm man a... you are the man with the knowledge the information um and you study this so much on a daily basis i really value 
your research and your opinion when it comes to, um, you know, researching these different topics. So I think we have time for one more. I'd love to dig into one more team with you here. Okay. So the other, the other team I looked at, I kind of wanted to look at uh, teams where they're, where they're rookie quarter, they're, they're successful rookie court or uh, quarterbacks are still on their rookie deals. Right. Cause that, that is the best situation for a team where they have an MVP caliber quarterback on one of his first uh, uh, contracts, mm. right? Because then you can just stack players around them, and you know build a championship team that way, right? So the other team that I wanted to look at was uh, was Buffalo, right? So we got Josh Allen, who's going to be coming up, probably going to get a. Uh, that's what I was looking at. I didn't. I wanted. I, I didn't remember if he actually got a new contract or not, and I didn't look at that before before i started with uh this but i don't i don't think he wanted to see yeah i can look it up real quick yeah I don't no remember. he did yeah 2029 that's right he did sign yeah. a massive he he reworked his contract he's got a massive okay, so, extension so ignore that first part i just want to look at the bills that the originally i i chose them because i thought there were both rookie quarterbacks still on their first deals um but I, I, I again, I, I'm not a big investor of, of quarterback, like I just because of monetary. So I look at the skill position players a lot more than I do the quarterback. So, um, although I chose the team not necessarily for the reason that I intended to, it's still it's still a, a good team to break down. They're a playoff caliber team. They are somebody that has, you know, is, is a is a winning team that is in a very small market. So they're a good actual. A case to look at and how the market uh, that the, the the players in can uh, value uh, you know evaluate the cart kind of deal or help decrease or increase the value of the cart. So if we look at their their they're kind of a little bit of a different cap situation than Arizona was, where they have 53 players currently signed for next year already under contract. So they would need to sign another player to be able to on paper, put a new uh, roster, but that also means that they do not have very much uh, cap room left. Right. So they're, they're, they're hugging the, the, the cap. Uh, now these numbers are based off over the cap.com. Um, the, the cap for next year has not been obviously set yet. So these numbers are not set in stone and we won't know that till, till later on, but they estimated it at around 208 million. So, that leaves them with uh, you know, three and a half million dollars in salary, but they also don't have quite a bit of uh, free agents to necessarily worry about. Uh, so the three that I picked off were uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Matt Breida, and Isaiah McKenzie, which you know are not very very big names, and none of these guys are the guys that I'm looking at investing in. Um, these are just to show that you know. Um, these these are the players that are leaving that may create opportunity for other players, and in some cases, maybe the player that's leaving can be a benefit to invest in on the new team that he goes to, depending on what the new team is. But if we switch over here, so we'll we'll look at the that um, halfback because I did have Matt Breed in there. Now with Buffalo. It's it's a little bit more risky with the running backs. I I've invested uh, quite a bit in Zach Moss, 
who's again in that very, very low end, cheap kind of uh, range, you know, probably even less than, than James Connors, but he's a 2020. So he's going to have more um, cards available um, than James Connor would in, in just in like um, volume wise. So I, I've invested in him and Buffalo is really um, like, if you look at their run pass, they're, they're a 60, they're a 60, 40 team. So they they run or pass 60% per, uh, of the time. So you don't get the traditional running backs. I, I figure with Buffalo. So you're not going to get <clears throat> the Derrick Henrys, the, you know, um, the guys, the Jonathan Taylors that are 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 going to lead the league in rushing. But what you're going to get is you're going to get a, a box with some yards and some um, catches, which don't necessarily um, equate to uh, rookie card prices going up. You need you need you need you need to stand out. Like you need to have exceptional performance to drive that price up. Yeah, so, my thought is like, is a Bills running back ever going to get uh, enough you know, touches I don't know. or targets? I, I, I was able to get in on Moss really cheap, so I'm I'm fairly confident that I may be able to put some stuff his stuff into some um, some lots for for playoff time kind of thing. But I, I don't know. Um, I'm not buying any more Zach Moss myself right now. I'm not touching any of the the running backs on Buffalo because it's just such a pass heavy team that you're never going to get the production of the running backs. You need to give them that push. And I know that now, unfortunately, after I, you know, bought into a little bit of, of Zach Moss there. So, but that's why you got to study like the philosophies and their, you know, the team's, um, you know, usual game scripts and things like that and, and know that, okay, well, they don't use the running backs. So if they don't use the running backs, there's no way they're going to be able to score fantasy points or, or perform well on the, you know, on the field as much as the wide receivers because they're passing more. So, and so I wanted to, to, to look at um, basically there was really the one guy that I wanted to look at on the Buffalo and we've talked about him. You did an article about him there recently. And uh, that was Gabriel Davis. Um, I think Emmanuel Sanders is probably going to be in the same boat um, as AJ green, as a, as a veteran player with, young ascending guys below him. I don't think they're going to offer him another contract. He's in, I believe he's injured right now. Is he not? <coughs> I don't know if he's, he's back on. It's so hard to keep track Who's of injuries that? now. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders. He is injured right now. Yeah. So I, my opinion again, I don't think he's going to be back. And Cole Beasley, I, I really, I don't know. He's a, he's a great, he's like that. He's in that Hunter Renfro kind of guy where, he does so much for the team, but nobody's ever heard of him except for, you know, some really big football fans and Buffalo fans, right? Like you put that, you know, maybe he's getting a little more popular because he's taking the lead on the anti-vaxxing kind of uh, stand there, but he's, he's out now too. So um, I don't, I don't know what they're, they're going to do with it. You know, maybe by next year that, you know, they're going to have such strict rules that you have to be vaccinated and he just won't be playing football. I don't know, but, that to me makes, and I know Gabriel Davis is a is a a great receiver. He's actually just under Diggs. Um, he's rated at the second receiver, uh, PFF ranked receiver to Diggs on the team, so he's playing well on top of uh, putting some numbers up. Now he's not putting up earth shattering numbers, 
but that's because of uh, some of the other opportunities because of uh, some of the other players. But when we look at the possibility of some of those other players moving on, you can see his uh, production moving up his, you know, um, his, 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 because the skills there, we can see the athletic abilities there. He's, he's, he's a, he's got good hands. He's, he's, he's a good player. He just needs to get that focus from Josh Allen to be at least the number two guy. Right. Cause right now I feel that even though Emmanuel Sanders is hurt, he, he's still kind of behind Cole Beasley in the, in the pecking order on the bills. And that, and that again, can change this year with injuries, but I'm looking towards next year because there's a higher possibility that these two guys above him on the depth chart are going to be on other teams. Now, I haven't looked through Cole Beasley's contract, but he's, you know, he's that kind of guy like, you know, I, I don't want to um, say that these are the same things, but look what happened to Colin Kaepernick when he took a stand on something he believed in. He's not playing football anymore. Well, could that be the case where Cole Beasley is that guy but for covid you know what i mean <laughs> well, so, and plus they're both over 30 yeah as Two sanders guys. and cole beasley are both pushing like 32 33 at this yeah. point so you got a young guy who's a great player who's out playing them both even though he's not been elevated on the depth chart other than by force of injury to me that that equals a great opportunity for uh for investment and see now he his rookie cards are mildly breaking out this week and that is because he has not played four years in the league and now he he has shown like flashes you know this is his second year and he really yeah. hasn't got a true like alpha wide receiver workload he hasn't got a uh, you know a true game where he's got the bulk of the opportunity share because of of the depth chart competition, exactly. primarily Stefan Diggs. But now with Josh Allen having to spread the ball around a little bit more, they passed the ball a ton in Buffalo. Um, and Gabe Davis is a beast, man. He's so good. He's so clutch in the red he is, zone. Yes. Like some of these, like some of the stuff is is just crazy cheap. You know, the, I've got some, these are all auctions there that are no bids. I mean, they still have a couple days left on them there, so. Usually they don't really get a lot of bids in until later on, I find. But, you know, um, these are the cards that I target. So I would I would throw these all in my eBay watch list and just watch them. And if they, they you know, if they go for crazy high, then I don't bid on them. You know, I have my set price. I want to bid on it. And if, I, and if it goes over that price, then you know what? That's the other good thing about really going after, like, lower end, more common cards is I always going to have another chance of getting it. You know what I mean? Like there's not a, you know, like I have my Lamar that I got, um, that I pulled out of the sun uh, with my, uh, out of the pack from my son. Like that card has more sentimental value than monetary value. But if somebody was to offer me enough money to over Trump that sentimental, value, because I know I can go buy another physically one of those cards. Now it would take a little bit to replace because I actually pulled it with my son kind of thing, but I could, I could go buy another card. So if I miss out on some of these, I just, you know, take my time and, and wait until I can get into an auction. That's good. You know, like to me, like this, this here, like this is, I would, 
In fact, I, I, yeah, I have a few of these. But to me, like this, like anything on, like this under two bucks is a good buy for me. It's something that I will definitely look at. It's buying. Yeah, these. and I'm seeing a ton of his base uh, short print stuff like this sell on eBay today, yesterday, um, Monday, Sunday. I'm seeing his rookie ticket autos were going <laughs> yesterday for around $22 plus $5 shipping. That was actually fulfilled through Com C. Um, you compare that to any of the the CD Lambs, Justin Jeffersons, but he, let's mm -hmm. even compare him to like uh, a T Higgins, a Brandon Ayuk, uh, yeah. somebody like that. There's still a ton of value. Add $20 for a rookie ticket auto. There's still a ton of, of value for that to go up based on the scarcity of the card and the on-card autograph. So, and, and to further prove this point, like I'm looking at literally pages and pages of sales. It's all, it's all mixed. I mean, I'm looking at sales as low as a dollar for base Panini Chronicles, uh, optic mm -hmm. short prints, base prisms at $3. You know, a lot of people are going out, um, investors of all tiers, collectors of all tiers are grabbing him because he had that number four finish. And it's like, whoa, it's just like it's becoming the perfect storm uh, from, from this week. He's also the number one research player this week on Player Profiler. I'm looking at their popularity index. So it's kind of like, you know, that. and I talked about this yesterday with Carter, that lack of performance combined with the team scenario and the uptick in opportunity and the athletic metrics, um, the, sl the, the slightest amount of performance can have a higher effect in, in the demand spike because their ceiling is unknown, you know, mm. and this could be the start of the yeah. Gabriel Davis tear that he goes mm. on here with the bills in the playoffs. Um, because everybody Stephon wants to be on that train, the train, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stefan Diggs draws the double coverage and people want to get on that train. Whereas Christian Kirk, it's just, you know, we've seen him play a lot longer and, and there's just not as much hype there from one top five finish. We, hmm. need, we need to see a couple of those strung together. Yeah, exactly. And yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and then the playoffs as well will help in January. Well, that, yeah, and that's, that's absolutely a perfect point that you make there. These, these more established players, you have an expectation level, right? If Pat Mahomes goes out and throws for 400 yards and three touchdowns, people are like, oh, it's Pat Mahomes. You know what I mean? Like, that's not an out-of-the-box, like, oh, my God, Pat Mahomes. Everybody said Pat Mahomes played, played that, right? But when Mike White does that, he goes and sells an $800, you know, a $25 card for $800 because – Nobody in the right mind thought that Mike White was going to have a good game like that. But does that mean that Mike White's going to have great games after that? No, nope. he's definitely, you know, like he that doesn't mean and any game, right? Even Gabriel Davis, we look at his profile, we, we agree he's an athletic guy, he's a good receiver, but he still has to do that. He still has to get on the field and play, you know? So there's always that that factor in there where you can have everything lined up perfect and the guy just flops for whatever reason. So, I mean, it, it can happen, but the more that you avoid that by doing research and looking at the analytics and, and figuring out what metrics uh, work for players and what's to, to pay attention to, that's where you can, you know, you, you make up for the, the, the you know, the, 
the goofs that you make or whatever, you know, and we're all going to buy cards that of guys that go nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, um, I try to buy, I try to buy stuff like, uh, like Devin Duvernay is a little bit of a, you know, he's a spec guy for me. He's, he's, he's playing well. He's just not on a pass heavy team in it. And they're not, they're not playing great right now. So it's not going to bring a lot of demand. And, um, you know, being the number one returner in the league is, is not, you know, drawing stuff on him there, but see, he's a PC card for me. So if I don't sell any of his cards, I'm happy to take them home. So, it's very easy to, to speculate on players when they play for your team because you're just as happy to keep the card. Did you own any Tyler Huntley before? I did. I actually sold Tyler Huntley. I bought him and sold him in the preseason. Ah, and he yeah. Played for I, that, that was why I started looking at him that very first start. You know, I picked him up in fantasy I, and yep. I immediately started looking at his rookie cards just because that's what we do. And, yep. uh, and I was like, man, undrafted, so very limited selection. Um, and and I, I, look, I saw that he had a crazy preseason game. I was like, wow, this guy could be really good. <laughs> but and just showing there, you were scrolling through a couple, just showing the difference of some of the uh, like the uh, discrepancies. Right now, you could buy um, ten Gabe Davis base prisms for under a dollar and there's a couple of them like under 75 cents but you were scrolling back three or four dollars on ebay you know what i mean mm -hmm. those it happens man right and i look at that and that i think i can get that effect with a lot you know what i mean not like a lot of say gabriel davis carts right i can get that two or three dollars out of them but only paying 50 cents. You know what I mean? But I have to group yeah. them in a lot because it looks more appealing to somebody to not like, it doesn't to me, like you're showing a dollar. Um, now maybe it's the state that, I, cause I have my com C account registered, but i never see dollar 50 cards. They're always for shipping. They're always four ninety nine. I very, 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 very rarely ever see, a, a dollar shipping card, 99 cents. Well, people should take advantage of that, um, you know, like this free shipping. But see, this one will probably sell or someone will but, uh, put in an offer at five and they'll sell it. They've got see, free me, shipping on here. Yeah, the, the, the difference, like there's no difference between selling a card for $5 free shipping or selling a card for $1 and $4 shipping. There's no difference. It's how it looks to the buyer for sure. But in the end of it, it's really no difference, right? You're still paying $5 for the card, whether you're paying $4 in shipping and a dollar for the card or the, you know, $5 free shipping. So what I'm, when I put my lots on, I'm going to give them that impression. Okay. Well, I'm going to give them that free shipping. Right. So I think that, I don't know what we're, we're going to have to see. I'm, I'm going to have to uh, get some money over to, to, and, you know, get some cards out of com c and get them over to ship my cards and we'll put we'll put it to the test and we'll see how it goes yeah that's the thing man there the as as that supply diminishes you know you, now you've got to rely on uh fresh auctions or or lots like this there's a 12 mm -hmm. lot of four that's three dollars a card uh yeah. that person could have done the same thing that you're kind of doing here yeah exactly um, that's the very, kind of thing kind of yeah. thing i'm looking at except I could offer $12 free shipping because I'm getting the cards at 50 cents, 75 cents, you know, 
things like that. Right? Yes, sir. So what teams are we going to dig into next week, Sean? Um, I I don't know. Uh, I, I would kind of – I wanted to kind of look into a lot of – maybe start with, like, say, the more uh, playoff teams because they're going to be the stuff that's going to be in the talk um, this year. And you probably want to get in on players on playoff teams before the playoffs or you'll have to wait till like, March – to be able to get some of the prices on these teams, especially that go deep into the playoffs. Like if you're not buying Gabe Davis now, I wouldn't start buying Gabe Davis during the playoffs. Like if you're not going to buy him now, wait till March, wait till April and buy him. you know, after the draft and, and things like that after free agency kind of deal is when, when they're going to drop down again, right? Cause mm. within the next couple of weeks, you're probably going to see probably the highest prices of, and no, I don't. I can't say a specific player, but certain players are going to have higher price cards over the next month and a half than they are now because of the playoffs. Because of the the you know the playoffs are all about it's all prime time, right? Like it's all every game is in prime time. So guys are gonna they're gonna get some, especially if they become like a hero of the the game and and things like that. You know. Very true, Sean. Very true. I love this episode, Sean. This was good stuff, man. Oh, exactly. I always learn something every time I get on the airwaves with you, man. I appreciate you sharing that knowledge, guys. Um, so we can't wait. We can't wait till next week, guys. Next week, and we'll get back at it again. Hope you enjoyed this episode. It, well, maybe one thing. Maybe we can have some requests in the Discord for teams that we want to do do next. There that, you that go, would, guys. You know, put put your and request if you're listening in the Discord. To this on on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and you want to get access to that Discord, that's patreon.com slash football cards. That's where you can find us. Yes, always. That's where we hang out, or I hang out at least. <laughs> <laughs> I hang out there too, man. I love it. Now we're doing yeah. razzes, dude. The razzes yeah, oh, are that's awesome. Yeah, that's fun, fun stuff. Peace, guys. See you next time.